0: And I was so unaware of who I was as a person. I didn't know who I was at all.
1: You were only 20. I
0: was was young, a young little cretin. And I I didn't, (laughs) I was, you know, full of ego, full of like triggers. I was quite insecure. I was very um, afraid. And yeah, I was just quite lost. So to be on a TV show when you're like, absolutely no idea who you are, isn't, it wasn't great for my mental health. Whoever I used to be was, got, was leaving me. She was dying um, and a painful death. All attachment is suffering. All attachment li- is suffering. This is a dream and uh, it feels more and more like a dream every day. And by that, I mean, you know, we're consciously creating our reality. And if you are consciously creating your reality with love and compassion, then you're, you know, it's inevitable that your, your dream is going to be quite nice.
1: She's a television personality known for appearing on Made in Chelsea. She's a music video director, an entrepreneur, a spiritual explorer, and a master of good vibes. Please welcome Jess Woodley.
0: That's such a nice intro.
1: Jess, thank you for coming on. It's such a pleasure to have you. I
0: appreciate it. Thanks for having me on this podcast.
1: Before we get into the spiritual and the mystical, Mm -hmm. I want to dive into your relationship with fame and reality TV. Right. In 2015, you were on the reality TV show, Made in Chelsea, yes. Series 9. Yeah. What was it like to be part of that experience for you? And what is your relationship with, with it right now?
0: Well, the thing, the thing is that I've realized now is um, I saw everything as quite a negative experience. I took it as a negative experience and that affected me um, negatively. Um, whereas I, th- I actually think I could have taken it as a positive experience, and I could have taken it as um, uh, it was a privilege. I was lucky. It was a bit of an advantage, like in the career world. It was like X, Y, and Z. But I was, um, I think I was. It in- actually that show inflated my ego a bit, and it put me into a bit of a like victim, victim place where I was like why is this happening to me? Because it was a drama show and there was obviously, there was a lot of drama. I for, would, for
1: those that don't know, can you define what is Made in Chelsea? I, okay,
0: so Made in Chelsea is a, I think the way I would describe it is it's, it's a reality TV show um, following around a bunch of kids that live in Chelsea and it's sort of just like displaying what they, what they get up to. It's kind of just talk, them talking about each other It's Mm -hmm. it's like, it's quite a toxic environment. It's just people talking about each other and like who did what and like gossip. It's a lot of gossip. A lot of um, uh, naughty things that people (laughs) were doing to each other and then showing their reaction. So it was a lot of like drama.
1: How old were you when you were scouted for it? Or were you... Do you
0: know, I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think I was like 20 or something. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, it was, I I knew a couple of the boys. I had a really good friend called Alex and Jamie that were, I really adored them and I knew I met them before I was on the show and we spent quite a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And then the show were like, you know, you're their friend, do it. And I was sort of in a place where I, I didn't know where I was going. I was really struggling like academically. Um, I went to a very academic school and I didn't do well at all. Um, in fact, I didn't respond well to discipline in general. I didn't just respond well to like people telling me what to do. So, um, and I was artistic, I loved art. I was doing well in art, but everything else I was pretty much failing. So honestly, I thought, you know, this is, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do with, in my life. Like I'm fucked.
1: Going into the show, were you nervous? Were you excited? I you had seen it before it felt
0: right? like maybe this was my chance at like having a career mm. because I didn't think I had a chance. I was like I I'm failing in everything apart from art and maybe a little bit of French. And I was I remember think, be, being scared um about like my future. Mm. And also I was working in a restaurant. I loved working in hospitality. Hospitality was like it's like this cool thing where I got to like, like be around people for the first time, away from my family. Um, I had independence and I was just like loving it. Um, and that's when they found me, when I was working in hospitality. So it was like this, like, here you go. Do you want to do something probably quite easy? Um, and it might help you later on in life. It was like a little like I I just saw it as like an opportunity to maybe have a career.
1: How much of reality TV is reality and how much of it is scripted when you're on set?
0: Like honestly I think they had they had they had like a, a rough idea of what was going on like I think they had writers and things mm-hmm. but they weren't plot a, points. <laughs> yeah there was there was stuff that they had to get done but they couldn't they couldn't um, tell us that because it was against reality TV. Like that was like.
1: So they would guide you would towards guide you certain it. situations. Like, yeah,
0: it was. It was. It was dangerous. You know, I don't. I don't condone it. I think it's really bad. Mm. <laughs> like, I do think it's really bad. I think it's like mind control and a lot of manipulation. But um, yeah, I didn't at the time. I was just like, great. You know, like this is exciting um and then i did yeah i did it i just fell into it and then all of a sudden i was just like oh my god!" it felt you know how i I would describe it it felt like an acid trip the Uh, entire thing
1: wow like
0: like a good and bad but it i took it as a bad acid trip
1: (laughs) because it felt not real
0: yeah it was just like is this happening like is this and then before you know it you're just like part of this thing that is so so controlled Mm -hmm. and um it's scary it was really scary because you you can't you could be yourself to an extent but you know they if they had an idea of what they wanted you to seem like they would push that it was quite like Mm. if you were that they thought you were going to be a bad guy they'd they'd make you the bad guy you know if they thought you were going to be the the innocent one that they'd
1: were Maybe you the, the bad innocent. guy? Because I've never seen the show. So. I like, <laughs> Were you the innocent one?
0: I don't know. I just know that I tried my hardest not to like be toxic, you know, and be yeah. and, and hurt people. Yeah. Um, because that sucks. You know, it's not pure. It's like, and I tried my hardest not to get affected by the. Uh, the constant drama that was happening around me or mm-hmm. someone, like, trying to trigger me because, you know, I was young. I didn't know who I was.
1: Were they manufacturing the drama yes, to keep it going? Yes, a lot
0: of the time, yeah. yeah. And I was so unaware of who I was as a person. I didn't know who I was it, at all.
1: You were only 20. I was,
0: right? I was young, yeah. a young little cretin.
1: Yeah. And
0: I, <laughs> I didn't... I was, you know, full of ego, full of, like, triggers. I was quite, like... I was, very insecure i was very um afraid and didn't yeah i was just quite lost so to be on a tv show when you're like absolutely no idea who you are isn't it wasn't great for my mental health
1: a lot of people seek that fame and they they want to yeah. be on tv yeah what would you tell them
0: i know don't, no, it's <laughs> don't not, do it. no 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 it's not cool it's not cool <laughs> it's not cool it's like weird you know it's really weird
1: but I guess they have to experience it for themselves to really know. Yeah,
0: Ever yeah, yeah. each to their own. But my advice is, uh, I'm very grateful for the advantage I've had in in like in life in the sense that like it's given me tools to like exercise my skills, like creativity, mm-hmm. and that I'm so grateful for that because it's like I've it kind of pushed me. Um, it gave me a help bit of a helping hand, having some eyes on me. You know, having some eyes on me because of that show has helped me. Um but the like the fame side, if you're somebody like me who is suffers from paranoia and uh insecurities and like, you know. Um you I I, I that time in my life I was very easy easy to manipulate. I was very, very gullible, I was very, very like I believed anything that anyone said to me. I would just be like, oh, okay, okay, this is the truth. This is the truth. And I idolized things and people that told well, my elders, but it wasn't necessarily positive, you know? So I was, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't recommend fame in general. I think like it's, it's, it's weird. I, I mean, I didn't experience full fame. I experienced like a Z-lister sort of type of fame. So it wasn't like, you know the magnitude was quite small but even that it did it did uh create quite a lot of paranoia for me
1: yeah when when did you first notice that people would recognize you or that your relationship to um, other people changed because uh, they knew they knew you from the show
0: oh my god i i, I remember people clocking me at places like tesco's or like the mm, bus mm-hmm. and that's when it it hit me when it was like just on the street like walking home and people would ask for a photo or something because yeah, they 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 would think that they knew me because it was a reality TV show. People would strike up a conversation as if they know you. they right. like, hey, so how are you? And you're like, whoa.
1: They have a relationship they, they with think you that they know through me. the screen, yeah. but you don't have a no, relationship yeah, with them. Yeah, so it was
0: quite trippy. Mm-hmm. No, like a trip. It'd be like, oh, hey, Jess. And I'd be like, oh, hello, <laughs> howdy. Yeah. And they would know everything about me, so they think. So it would be, they would talk to me as if I was a friend Mm -hmm. and that scared me a bit. I mean, it was sometimes nice, but a lot of the time I was like, oh my God, this person really thinks that they really know me. Mm. (laughs) What do I do?
1: (laughs) And you, you left the show after one year?
0: I think it was maybe just over a year. I don't know how long it was. Maybe it was two years.
1: What was the thought process there? Um, You were done?
0: I, well, I just was like, like becoming quite paranoid and like, I didn't. I was frightened and I was like it was going to my head and I could feel my ego was inflating and I was losing friends and I um the 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 world that it like the Instagram like endorsement world isn't isn't good for you. It's, you know it's not real and I was falling into that pattern of like it's all about how I looked mm. cuz like it was all just about how you look right it was like how do you look can you get that job if you look this way and it was all just very like look i have to look good i must have to look good and then like is it true that they digitally
1: add makeup to you or i think
0: it was just a very nice filter filter okay yeah yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: interesting yeah yeah it's a lot of it is so people think it's reality Mm. but actually so much of it is manufactured
0: yeah so it's it's a it's like a episode of black mirror
1: what did you do when you left the show and what state were you in and did you did you need time to find yourself
0: i was in an awful state i was in an awful state like i was um um i think i was angry i had a lot of like anger i was like frustrated i I was um just quite lost really and um i didn't know how to find my way back home like i didn't know how to find my way back to The creative jest that I knew, Mm -hmm. like the person that loved art and that loved like adventures and like nature, but instead I was just like Instagram, you know. Instagram is where is where it is, so um, it took a while for me to unlearn like that, you know. It took a while for me to get back to my roots and like being grounded because that you know the acid trip went on felt like it went on forever
1: the after effects (laughs) the after
0: effects went on yeah because you know they I think it really affected me it affected me um also because like like you know I'm quite deep I'm quite a deep person I think a lot I sometimes think too much and I would always think like what have I done what have I done have I ruined my life like have I have I ruined my life but then I thought you know what I can't think about this negatively anymore. It's it's affecting me the negative spin I'm putting on it. Yeah. So I had to just be like, Okay, it was ridiculous, it was funny, it's over now. Yeah. It's in the past, let go.
1: It's so much about the framing you put on things as well. Yeah. Because yeah. there probably is a positive frame to it as of, well. Of
0: course there is. You know, I wouldn't I don't think I would be who I am now. Yeah. I don't think I would be who I am. What lessons, right
1: what lessons did Made <laughs> Chelsea teach you? Oh God. <laughs> Have you learned life lessons on the show?
0: I don't, it was, it was more after. During, no, I was just like freaking out, you know, I was just like constantly anxious about what was going to happen to me. Uh, like the anxiety, my anxiety was just through the roof. Um, so I don't remember learning much during, but after it was more just like, can calm, be calm, be collective, be economist inside, be balanced, no matter what happens outside of your body. If you are okay inside, everything's okay, everything's okay. Mm. It te- teaches you to really, it taught me to go inside. It taught me to go, it forced me inside, you know, it forced me inside of my body, because I was like, I, di- I didn't like the truth. I didn't like that I was in this weird r- world. And I was like, where do i go like where do i go now so i just turned inside and then that led me to spirituality thank god you know
1: yeah talk to me about the beginning of your spiritual journey
0: um i think like being on on a reality tv show it definitely led me to like drink i was drinking a lot i was like abusing alcohol i was like you know, I think I was numbing the reality that I'd stepped into. So I
1: was just like
0: drunk. Bit um, of a party lifestyle? I was a party girl. Yeah, I was a party girl. Do you think a
1: lot of cast members fall into Absolutely. that?
0: Absolutely. We were all just out all the time because also it was like gluttony. You know, we were greedy. Like people would give us stuff for free mm. and we would get things all the time. And it would be like, you know, you'd go to a restaurant and they give you a free meal. They give you a free bottle of wine. It was like, God, this is great. Yeah. So then you you... you Become attached to all the free stuff, uh-huh. and you abuse it. You know, you were like, "This is amazing! I'm gonna go to this restaurant now. am gonna go to this club," and then you end up, you know, just full of alcohol and and greedy. So yeah, I got greedy, and then um, I had to, yeah, I had to like let go of all that. You know, I had to let go of that greed, and then yeah, I, get, I guess I guess that's that really like. The spiritual journey that came after the alcohol, because I was, uh, you know, I was numb. Like I was quite numb. You know, I was addicted to, to uh, cravings and intoxicating myself, and I, c- I couldn't feel anything. You know, I couldn't feel anything, um, and I became, I think, just quite like weird. Like not myself. I like d- didn't out of body experience. You know, I lost touch with who I was. And then, um, somebody told me about uh mushrooms
1: uh-huh. yeah, interesting. yeah <laughs> you know I'm a big fan of that
0: yeah <laughs> you are a big fan of
1: that, so the mushrooms were a pivotal point for you,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Tell me about your first mushroom trip
0: um oh my god I actually can't, I, can't, I feel like there's there's been a few like I had like a dose of mushrooms when I was really. Like young, I think I was like eighteen, and I didn't didn't know what it was. It didn't. I didn't take any notice to it because I didn't do a lot. And then I did a proper proper. Um, had a big situation in Ibiza, obviously Ibiza, and funny enough, I t- I only went to Ibiza because in David Bowie's song he mentions Ibiza, and I'm a diehard fan of David Bowie, and I was just like listening to his song one day, and he was like something about Ibiza. And I was like, I'm gonna go there, <laughs> so I went there. And I met some people um, and somebody in particular who is uh, a very big fan of mushrooms uh, introduced me to mushrooms and it was, yeah, it was profound. Like it was like I, everything I've been searching for. Yeah. Everything I've been looking for, everything I've wanted to know. It was like a big hug from like the, the world of nature, it was like a hug, a giant hug, mm-hmm. and a point in the right direction, AKA like inside, you know, like pointed me. That was when I started to really turn inside because it was like, you know, like the mushroom, whatever it was, the entity of mushrooms was like, you know, you have the power to change your mind. You have the power to 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 be a better person. You have the power to let go of things. Like you're incredible, you're powerful. Um, don't, don't take this too much, you know, don't abuse me was what the mushrooms were saying. I am a, me- a medicine for your soul. Yes. To connect you back to who you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna help you but don't take advantage of me like you did alcohol, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't um, take take me too much, you know? So it was, like a, it was like a sacred, it felt so sacred. And yeah, that led me to, I now see mushrooms as like this gift
1: from God it's a plant medicine and it's uh, such an amazing medicine because mm. it shows you who you truly are <laughs> yeah. without any filters. Yeah. It shows you your BS mm. and your light. <laughs> yeah. And I find on my trips, the first half of the trip is usually working through the, the shadows and yeah. the BS. And the last half of the trip, it's all the the light and the dreams. And it's like they're helping you with your goals and your dreams for life. Yeah. Do you find the same?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I um I. it feels like that was the first taste of the truth for mm-hmm. me the first taste of um, like the reality my illusions being broken you know the, the false illusions of what I thought reality was, was came crashing down you know it came like oh. the walls were like falling down my illusion was breaking it was breaking it so that that was you know it was absolutely terrifying for the for the first, whatever, how many minutes it was. Uh, and then it just became like like so exciting.
1: Mm. It is
0: like exciting.
1: Because you were finally being given the truth yeah, about yeah. your soul, about yeah. your life.
0: Yeah, and it's nice to know that we're all like connected. There's no separation yeah. between any of us. There's no separation between the atmosphere. There's no separ- separation between uh, nature. We are nature. Mm-hmm. And that is so heartwarming.
1: Yeah, I think we forget that. We live so apart from nature.
0: Yeah, we've, like, completely, like, gone against it. I I don't understand. Like, it's, it's ridiculous.
1: Was there a particular lesson that the mushrooms taught you that sticks in your mind?
0: Like, compassion. Compassion and love, you know? Like, like you are the same as everybody else have Mm. love for everybody else and have compassion for every single living sentient thing and being on earth yeah
1: yeah. you know
0: have like have compassion
1: i love that (laughs) (laughs) and have you done it as a regular part of your spiritual practice or do you have a spiritual practice these days
0: so i I don't do mushrooms unless it's cold. So, like, I don't do mushrooms unless I, like, my stomach's, like, it's time. And usually when that happens is when I'm, like, having quite a tough time or I'm a bit blocked or, like, things things are... I don't know, I've gone through an experience that was quite triggering or I've, you know... I've, and you uh, need a tune-up. Yeah, I need a tune-up mm-hmm. or a pattern is coming, you know, a big pattern is being like thrown in my face again. And I'm like, oh, how do I deal with this? Maybe Mrs. Mushroom can help me. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's funny too, because I always know in the beginning of the trip, oh, this is going to be a tricky one or yeah. this is going to be smooth.
0: It depends how you are, isn't it, when you enter it?
1: The, more, like, the more stuff you're dealing with, the yeah. more way uh rough the waves are gonna be yeah yeah until you find your your smooth spot yeah i
0: completely agree um with regards to spiritual practice um i would say uh, solitude is -hmm. a big one for me um i never really knew how to be alone i would uh sort of feed off people's energy because i was lacking so i would need other people to feel up and that I lost that after I first started taking mushrooms. It really forced me down that that road of solitude, which was just like incredible for me. Uh, Was Was it tough at first? Oh yeah, I just cried all the time. And I became really, really attached to my mother. And I was like, you know, like, it was forced, the solitude as well. It was quite forced on me. It was like, I couldn't, I physically couldn't hang around with people because I felt like I was losing, Whoever I used to be was got, was leaving me. She mm. was dying um, and a painful death. And I, everyone I used to resonate with, I don't resonate with anymore. And I couldn't relate to them anymore. So, you know, they didn't want to hang out with me. I didn't want to hang out with them. So it was a forced solitude. It was like an awakening. Uh, losing friends, I saw it as a bad thing. But actually, it was like really grounding toward the end, like, you know, COVID and stuff like that it was it was quite good for me mentally that that time on my own in my house in london uh was important for my spiritual growth like reading like reconnecting with my books like books was huge for me mm-hmm. like i i never read before mm-hmm. i first of all I didn't think I could read because I was dyslexic so I just like didn't bother I was like I can't read so I'm not going to and then I picked up a book and I was like I can read (laughs) so this is really great (laughs) and then I was like this is so exciting so then I just began reading Uh, I don't even I've not got very good memory but the books I remember um
1: I know in one of my them, solitude
0: yeah what one did i say what, what did one did of say? them
1: was island oh, by yes. aldous huxley mm, and yes. i'm so curious what about that book right inspired you
0: so so this good that we're talking about spirituality because this came to me at a point in my life like where i it's like i really needed it like i really needed it was it started off a bit like cynical you know like it starts off with like a sort of a bit of an a bit he's a bit of an asshole the guy like will i think his name's will um and it's about like his you know his his attachment to the material world and how he's he's you know he's full in his ego he's quite a hurtful guy he's quite impure to be honest he's not the purest bloke and it's about um He's very intelligent, you know, and he's, I think he thinks he thinks he's all that. And he's kind of gone through his life hurting people and not realizing the damage he's causing, you know, at one point. I don't want to ruin the story, but somebody dies because of, I think because of his impurity, somebody actually dies. And it leads him to this island, right? In my head, I'm seeing this as like, the island is like you, you know? Ah. I see it as like a metaphor for like you. Yeah. So it leads him to this island. Um, and the island, I took it as Bali. So I was like, island? Like, I kind of just, I like, was like, I need to go to an island. So it made me leave, london mm-hmm. and come here mm-hmm. was that book wow yeah
1: wow yeah.
0: so that so the book you know he gets to this island and he finds this um this just a different universe that is has a love ethic you know the whole mm. the whole uh, island is um obviously you know there's good and bad on the island but like the majority of the people that live there are living through a love ethic so you know, he's never heard of that before in his life. He's come from, a, he's a city boy. I think it's New York. New York, it's intense. It's hard. You know, it's like it's capitalism to the max. Uh, and he's gone now to this place that is just community based, love, ethic. And he is just like, what the fuck is this? Like at the at first, I think he says that they're too good to be true. He judges it and thinks it's all fake. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, this is too much. You know, this is like what's wrong with them, you know, they must be crazy. But then he like, he leans into like, that they are genuine, these people are genuine, they're genuinely living through a love ethic. And it's so amazing what what happens to him, how he starts to uh, analyze his past, how he changes. He changes being around this love ethic, he changes. He goes from being an asshole to a compassionate, loving man and, It's his journey and it's fascinating and it's also, talks a lot about power and like will and just like all the impurities of the world, but how despite all impurities, you know, nature prevails, love prevails, love always wins and it's great. And he also has a huge experience with mushrooms in the book
1: Ah.
0: and it's really delicate the way he talks about it. And yeah, I just, I recommend that book to anyone.
1: Do you know the author when he was dying? He took acid.
0: What Aldus Huxley? Yeah. What while he, on his death?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. He wanted to go out of the world on acid.
0: No way. Yeah, it's true. Christ.
1: <laughs> so it's it's a pretty incredible story.
0: Yeah. Well, that was his last book. So I think he yeah. he'd gone from being like doing like I think was it uh what was that book he did, 90 uh
1: uh he did Brave New World. Brave New World, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: I haven't I haven't Finish that one I've only just started it But he I think it was quite a shift From like Like you know Dystopia To like Euphoria mm-hmm. And this last book Was like Explaining how we could Be living yeah. And also I took it as like if this is Aldous Huxley's dream, right? If this is his dream, this is his. I love his dream. I want his dream. I feel the same way as him. I felt sane. I felt sanity reading this book. I felt normal. I felt like, oh, thank God, I'm not alone. Like, mm. it was so refreshing to someone know world. someone the understands way you want the, way to see the way that the I want to see the world. Yeah, and I and I ever since I read that, I, I actually, you know, I took it seriously. I like, I'm. I'm, you know, I'm looking for that, that community-based love ethic, and I won't give up until I find it.
1: Have you found it in Bali?
0: There's definitely a community here. There's definitely love here. There's definitely like karma. You know, good, good karma in the sense that people here are, you know, they're driven by karma, so it feels lighter in a way it feels conscious it feels more conscious people yes. are aware of themselves they're aware of their actions
1: and the community
0: the, yeah it's just it feels lighter here um i don't i haven't like i've met incredible people but um is a tough one. you know, it takes time you know it takes like time and getting to know people and understanding are they? you know are they do we have the same values you know
1: would you ever go back to london and how do you see london now
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually terrified <laughs> i'm terrified you're dreading it <laughs> i'm just like i feel so different i feel like um or oh, the, the vipassana for example like i feel like it's shaken my world like my internal world has been completely like changed let's and get like, into that yeah because
1: that's such an incredible you just came back from yeah. a 10-day vipassana yes. retreat yes how did this change you and and also for those listening who might not be aware of what it yes. is give us a little brief right. of it
0: so a vipassana is um goenka is a is a guru who has learnt dharma through through the buddhist teaching and dharma is um Sila, sila, samadi, panya. It's like uh, noble truths of uh, liberation. Um, it's a way to uh, get inside and eradicate like past cravings and attachments to liberate you from misery. So it, the way I see it is, uh, you know, the world. There's a lot of miserable misery in this world everywhere. You know, we. It's just everywhere. Um, but we have such a hard time accepting that and that causes us so much pain because we can't accept the misery. We can't accept the misery in us. We can't accept the misery outside of us. It causes us quite, quite heavy, heavy time. And um, the meditation, the way that they, t- what they teach is um, eradicating sankharas. Sankaras, I think, which is craving. And the craving is attachment and attachment is desire and desire is misery so it's like getting it at the source and the source being your unconscious mind so diving into your unconscious mind to eradicate old stock of craving and attachment so that you can be liberated from these shackles that bring you down to the misery of of earth it's freeing you from the misery basically but it's it's hard it's incredibly difficult
1: it's 10 days, you can't speak.
0: Yeah, so it's 10 days, uh, no speaking, no eye contact, no uh, No phone, eye contact. No, no wow. eye contact. But I, I I found that incredibly difficult. Cause, so I, I failed at that one. You know, I'd look <laughs> up and be like, oh God, she's looking at me. And, and also because, you know, they don't want you to talk too much because as soon as you start speaking, you compare your your experience to someone else's. Uh, Someone might be like, yeah, I'm seeing stars. And you're like, I'm not seeing stars. And then you start, you know, that's attachment.
1: So silence, no talking, no eye contact. You're just in your own space.
0: You're in your own space. Oh, I had a roomie, having a roomie was hard. Having a silent roomie was really difficult because she was incredible, but it was very difficult to not talk to her, you know, because we wanted to engage after, 12 hours of meditating you know and just being stuck in your insides oh that must Um, be difficult it was yeah it it was ridiculous you know it was well not ridiculous it was incredible but it felt ridiculous at the start i was um like instantly on the first day i was like oh god what have i got myself into i don't think i can do this um you know, I'm not settled, I'm not at peace. My brain, I've got a monkey mind. My thoughts are so intrusive and they're so loud and they're so um, distracting.
1: Did you feel like you made a mistake? Like you wanted to get out of it? A little
0: bit, a little bit, yeah. Like I I was like, okay, sitting down and then listen, listening to Goenka who's incredible, an incredible man. I'm like, you know, I have so much love for that human being. The way he speaks, his teaching is like, It's so natural to him. uh, To me, he's one of the greatest people I'll ever experience. But listening to him talk, I was, yeah, I was quite frightened because it felt very serious. You know, it was like, this is serious. You know, Mm. this is quite a serious thing that you've signed up to. Don't leave, you know, don't leave. And I was like, oh God, it's getting scary. Maybe I can't leave. They have my passport.
1: You're on the island. I was, I'm (laughs) on the island.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was like, what have I signed up for? And then Uh, Yeah, eventually, you know, the pain seeps through. Um, When you're sitting there for longer than an hour or you're sitting there for even longer than 15 minutes, your body starts to ache. Mm. I've never meditated before. So, this is the first time I've ever actually meditated. Wow. Yeah. So, my body was not ready. Um, (laughs) My body was like crying. First
1: time meditating, and you're doing 10 days
0: days. of it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm quite extreme. I like to, I like, I need to experience things to believe it
1: and then did also there was the physical discomfort was there also mentally things popping up in your mind yeah old memories anything
0: you've ever done that to hurt anyone is in your brain everything that anyone's ever hurt you with is in your brain all these tiny little words come back to you that somebody said somebody once did like it's everything you've ever experienced that's uncomfortable came to my brain um and that was so hard I wanted to cry you know I just wanted to cry I wanted to I, I was so angry at myself I was so disappointed at myself for some things I've said and done and people that I've hurt and I was like god if only I could say sorry if only I could do this like it was just like I felt like a monster at the beginning and then you the thoughts uh they slow down you know over time they slow down and like you with the teachings that they teach you how to uh to still like to keep your mind still and then eventually you start to like process these thoughts feel the emotion feel the sensation it brings to your body and accept it whether it good or bad you're just like oh that's a thought and that's now made me feel this way but it's okay oh,
2: wow yeah so n- pure non-resistance
0: purifying your mind you are literally purifying your mind yeah at the at the source at the unconscious level and it's at it towards the end of, you know, the seventh day, the middle, in the middle, I was like, I was actually in like excruciating agony. Like, I was like, this is so, so difficult. And I don't know what to do right now. And then you just, you just persevere. You just don't give up. Like, practice is the, is the key to success. Like, practice.
1: What was it about the seventh day? What was happening for you?
0: Um, my body was just like, like, I felt like it was bruising. You know, I felt like, um, yeah just really frustrated with my body like I was like why can't I sit still and then and then you just do you just do you just give up you give in to the pain you give in to the misery you're like this doesn't feel that bad mm-hmm. like this pain is okay
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: I can handle this and then you accept pain as it is in the reality you accept everything as it is not as how you want it to be yeah Uh, It's like, you know, you're freeing from your illusion, freeing from your delusion. You're just accepting things as they are and you're just moving through it and you just keep moving and then this big smile comes on your face and you start to feel like... The thoughts are, they're not they're not lasting that long anymore. They used to last fifteen minutes. They now last ten seconds. And you're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Mm. These thoughts are coming in and going out, and I still feel the same. And I don't feel that bad anymore. And and you feel good. And then like, but then you've got to be careful because when you start feeling the good sensations, that's usually when craving uh, new sankharas come. Like new cravings are created
1: for the positive. You
0: yes, you've got to be careful. You don't want to start craving the good sensations uh-huh. you need to accept good and bad exactly the same everything is the same every sensation is the same if you remain equanimous in the inside you know that's liberation mm. to all things outside of your body you know you can control the outcome
1: and what was day eight nine and ten like for
0: you better i was excited it was le- It was over i was excited it was coming to an end <laughs> i was excited it was going to an end um i i, I could sit still for an hour without moving
1: how slow was your mind at that point in terms of the thoughts and the monkey mind oh
0: it was great it was great every now and then you know you'd get a moment of like madness Uh um but majority of the time i was like pretty still like pretty free from thought and that was just something i can't i can't believe exists you can be free of thought and Mm. that is just like being like ultimately present is just like spectacular it's wonderful like looking at plants when you're like not thinking it's like you really observe it and you're like god this is real like i can take in this like this thing and it's just i don't know life just gets uh interesting in the present it's definitely the nicest place i've ever been wow yeah
1: and then okay so day 10 how does it end how did they bring you out of that state
0: you're allowed to talk so you're allowed to speak um i was my anxiety started to kick in then because like i felt so nice in not talking i remembered i remember that talking is talking is a luxury but it's also like maybe it can be a hindrance if you've not quite grasped your vocabulary, or you're not quite in control of what comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And before the Vipassana, I'm quite like a blabbermouth, like I talk and talk and talk. So I was like, oh, I finally got control of my vocal cords. I might not say something stupid anymore. <laughs> the first thing I'd said was something stupid, I think. I think I said something <laughs> ridiculous to someone, and I was like, why did I say that? So it was like, oh no, I don't wanna talk, you know?
1: what was the the biggest spiritual lesson that you learned from this experience
0: uh it remain equanimous uh throughout like discomfort and comfort um uh what else loads of things really like attachment all attachment is suffering all attachment is suffering um what else uh, how much love I have I have so much love and I like can't wait to just give it and just give it and give it and give it and, give it. and uh, you know I knew, always knew that I was loving but I never knew how much and now I can really see it inside of me and I'm like oh god this is nice like, mm. and um, also that you don't need anything you don't need anything um, in this in this world we don't need anything we have everything we, right here like that's nice to know, you know, it's quite freeing. It's quite like, um, I've slowed down, like I don't need, I'm not, like my desires are less, like I don't, I'm not desperate for things. I'm just like going with the flow now and it's just a cool place to be.
1: Do you think we're lured into this addiction for needing things when we're in the the matrix? The matrix,
0: life? yeah, the matrix, like childhood, you know, like, Uh, generally consumerism and capitalism isn't great. You know, it's like, that's, I think in a world, there's a book called Bell Hooks wrote all about love, where she speaks about, uh, capitalism. Like it's hard to exist intimacy and like love and like a love ethic to exist in capitalism. Mm. They don't go hand in hand. So we're, you know, we're pioneers. We've got to fight back. We've got to try and like get away from this fascist, crazy world and like forced capitalism, it's not real. Like we are, we're supposed to share resources and we're supposed to just be loving. And But you can't do that in a capitalist society. So it's like, how do we separate the two? There must be a way. How do we fight back? I think we as consumers have the power. We have the power and we need to uh, exercise that.
1: Do you think a lot of the consumerism is because people are trying to fill the gap of love? They're trying to replace yeah,
0: lovelessness.
1: They maybe don't feel self love. Yeah,
0: it's lo- it's lo- it's like lovelessness homes. You know, like our upbringings. Like we, it's very hard to admit this because it's a painful reality that a lot of us come from lovelessness homes, mm. and that's not not no fault of our parents or their parents. They just didn't know any better, mm-hmm. and that creates a lacking and a lacking we fill it with material material need and desire like oh, maybe if i buy this car it'll make me feel love or maybe i'll feel good self-worth right it's a self-worth yeah. thing yeah when actually like no like go inside you f- you are love you literally are wow. and you know you need to get back to that because it's who who we are and, and that's like, what
1: the mushrooms show us what well. the
0: mushrooms show us yeah well, thank god for mushrooms <laughs> thank god because I, I i definitely wouldn't be on this path
1: yeah what has your journey been like with self-worth and self-love?
0: Self-worth is it is my biggest uh, hurdle, I'd say. It's my biggest hurdle. Um, I I don't really know the answers as to how I got had have had such little self-worth, but all I know is that it, I can feel it coming back with every ounce of solitude and and writing and like reading and like nourishment of the soul Mm. slowly and surely my self-worth is coming back and i can feel it in my hands and it's powerful it's a really powerful tool you know that's it's uh it takes a it takes a while
1: i think solitude it's interesting that you bring it up (laughs) because it's such an important tool or, mm. or way of living yeah because when you're away from everyone else's <laughs> energy you truly get to connect with your own yeah. it's just you and you
0: well yeah not needing someone else to fulfill your like to fulfill you like we we, we think we need people to feel love like it's not it, and you know that cliche is, it's not cliche but a lot of people say you can't love until you love yourself i don't know if i believe that or not but i do believe that like you can only see someone as deeply as you see yourself.
1: Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I, I'm
0: a true firm believer of that. Yeah. So, you know, what's what are we waiting for? Mm. What are we waiting for? Yes. It's We're not gonna get the love from outside. We have it inside. Yes. We need to find it inside. In order to give it to, and to receive it, we need to, d- to dive deep into like the depths of our souls. And, uh, you know, no matter how terrifying or scary it may sound like it isn't it isn't because i believe that humans are our true nature is awareness which is awareness of nature which is happiness we're naturally like beings we've just forgotten
1: Mm. we we take on some density and some baggage throughout life we're
0: absorbing all of this like like chaotic, like matrix misery.
1: Mm.
0: No wonder we, we we find it hard. We lose our way and money, you know, money, like ego, money, like the pain that that brings on human beings is just like unbelievable.
1: One thing I found interesting is you said in your Vipassana journey, you things that you had said to other people that had hurt them mm. started coming up. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because... I find that too. Like yeah. something that regret, I said regret, to someone yeah, years ago, yeah. it'll it's come up on a mushroom trip, yeah. and it's taught me that every moment matters.
0: Yeah.
1: Every word you say to someone matters. Yeah. Every people, ripple yeah. you create mm. will come back. Hundred um, percent. Whether you call it karma or just vibration yeah. Yeah. frequency, yeah. And it'll come back, not necessarily to punish you, but just to show you,
2: yeah.
1: Hey, this Tasted is how medicine. you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's taught me to, as much as possible, only create positive ripples. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Leave
1: everyone better than you found them.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You reap what you sow, right? Like Mm -hmm. you really do. And like, I took me a long time to realize that. I, you know, I used to think, oh, it's fine. I didn't mean it. But no, no, no. Like, be careful. Don't hurt people. We're all hurting. You know, existing is quite, it's quite difficult. Like, like, you know, us. Trapped in these cubes of meat. Is pretty
1: <laughs> cubes of meat.
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> we're celestial beings, and we're just like trapped in cubes of meat. Like we have to be way more compassionate with each other. It's scary. It is scary. But there's f- freedom from from all of that fear. But whilst we're all on our journeys, like or, like the alchemist, and you know, whilst we're all trying to find like the peace within, every single person around you is doing the same thing, and you have to be delicate and be kind. You have to be kind. You have to fight with kindness. Like, you know, the, the is it the Daniels, the directors, everything everywhere at once? Yes. So they came to me a lot in my Vipassana. Um, th- that film, you know, uh, Swiss Army Man is a fantastic film. And uh, in that film, you know, they there's a lot of singing going on in... in, in in their heads in that film, like Daniel Ratcliffe and Paul Dano are singing. And I I do that all, all day, every day. I hum in my head. I'm singing, I'm singing. Some, some ridiculous song will come into my head. Usually David Bowie or like, I don't know, Prince or like something... Whatever it may be, it's like songs are constantly coming, recurring in my head. And it happened within Vipassana. I was singing and meditating. And I was like, God, this is weird. I'm constantly singing my favorite songs whilst meditating. Is that good or is that bad? But it re- made me think of them and how, like, I'm really proud of them as people. Like, they have they've, they've uh, incredible directors. And they're really showing, like, fight with kindness, you know. They get it. They I think they practice Vipassana. Mm. i'm convinced
1: you can spot it in other people now yeah yeah yeah,
0: definitely (laughs) definitely definitely, because it's like here's the truth you know it's the truth like we have to fight with kindness we can't fight any other way and we have to practice what we preach this is a big one as well like i like not i hadn't practiced what i preached until recently i had wanted to but not quite grasp the practice bit i would preach but i didn't quite have a hold of my own practice now i can practice what i preach and everything like makes more sense you know it's very important that you practice what you preach yeah mm yeah you, yeah you can't just go around preaching and not actually do it exactly like just yeah. it doesn't make any sense
1: honestly the most important thing is just focusing on your own growth yeah don't your worry own about journey, anyone else yeah. not trying to teach yeah. anyone else yeah. other than by your example yeah
0: well it's like for me like giving un- unwarranted advice was something i used to do as well mm. and that's something I guilty I don't, as well yeah i don't want to do it anymore <laughs> it's not right it's not fair no. people meet them where they're at don't force them to go to go anywhere don't like um these
1: days only if someone comes to me and asks me something, yeah that yeah. is the only time that yeah. it's like they're giving you consent yeah. to teach them something yeah
0: this is a new rule for me too because you know who the hell am i to tell somebody mm-hmm. i have no idea what they've gone through like i know what i've gone through but i don't know what you've gone through you can lead you can like like for me now a hundred percent i'm going to tell people about vipassana yeah. not make them do it but i'll tell them what it's done for me and i'll hope and pray that they're They do it. I think every single human being should practice Vipassana, really. I do. I think it's, uh, for me, personally, my experience is it's it's the profound truth. It's the truth.
1: What is the daily practice that they teach you to do now that you're not at the retreat?
0: Two hours a day. So one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening
1: and you're sitting meditating
0: yeah sitting you can you can there's like an, an app you can go on the app and like listen to the hour meditations or you can do any form of meditation that works with sensation mm-hmm. so it's like the sensation one is it really uh the important tool like you know like what do you feel like are you what, how can you observe it without you know objectify it but don't um turn it into anything good or bad, just be aware. Just be present, just be aware of the sensations on your body, remain economist and just let it pass and keep moving and stay there, stay in your practice and be strong. And do that twice twice a day and you're laughing, you know? In the end, you will, you will experience so many, so less cravings, less attachment, you will experience liberation. It's a, it's like a fact, you know. It's if you, if you practice, mm-hmm. um, you will be happy.
1: Should we make a reality TV show about the past? Imagine,
0: <laughs> imagine. I don't think the two would go hand no, in hand.
1: <laughs> not really.
0: <laughs> no, but yeah, there's. You know, I, I was mindful that I didn't want to come out of this and be sound like a missionary, and start telling people, look at this, it's look at this. It's too late, Jess. It's, it's too, too late. late, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You you fallen, fallen into the cult. I've <laughs> fallen
0: into the cult. I've fallen into the cult. I I I don't mind to be fair it's a great cult if it is one. But I I'm trying not to sound like that. I just what I just like I'm so desperate for everyone to try it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the way same way I feel when I tried mushrooms and then yeah, ayahuasca. I just wanted to share. Yeah, it's hard to not like <laughs> transformational, you know, yeah. because you've been transformed. Mm. And you want others to experience some of that.
0: But you have to let go of that control, you know, Yeah, because that's the control, that's the attachment to to wanting other people to feel the way you feel, you know. And that's, again, in itself, attachment. So I've got to let go, you know. I tried calling my family and being like, please do it. And they were all just like, whatever. Mm, And I was mm. like, no, do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I find that it's best after a really big experience or transformational experience to take a few days of solitude (laughs) before you call anyone (laughs) because you don't want their reaction mixing in with your first hand experience
0: it hurts a bit but again you have to just yeah that hurt whatever but it hurts yeah when people like it don't take you seriously or something you know you've just got to be like okay okay there's nothing I can do here but you know if you like the way I am now do the verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, yeah. what is the biggest
1: spiritual lesson you learned in this year? This year? This last year, yeah.
0: Oh, God. Um, oh, God. I I, 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 I I. would say it's it's love and compassion. And uh, treat every single living sentient thing with love and compassion um that's the biggest one for me this year uh 100 percent um another experience that I'm experiencing that this is this is quite off-key this one but I feel like I should tell you anyway (laughs) while we're at it like I I I keep uh thinking you know this is a dream and uh it's, it feels more and more like a dream every day. And by that, I mean, you know, we're consciously creating our reality. And uh, if you are consciously creating your reality with love and compassion, then you are, you know, it's inevitable that your your dream is gonna be quite nice. Yes. You know, yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. And, and that's something that I'm taking. So I'm like, my dream, you know, sometimes I like, I get inside my head a lot, sometimes too much. But, um, you know, I'm like, like recently I've been overwhelmed by the feeling of the dream feeling and like almost a bit like frightened like oh wow this is I'm really I'm creating this um but at the same time it's like it's incredibly exciting if if that theory is correct um how exciting
1: yeah I definitely feel like we're living in a dream right, right. or I guess some people call it simulation it's, but yeah to me the dream state it's like and we get a hint of that every night when we yes. fall asleep, Yeah. we have a completely realistic, sensory, real feeling dream,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: and then we wake up. Yeah. And I feel like it's there partly to teach us that yes. this is just a big extended yes. dream, Yes. a little is. bit more consistent, consistent, a little bit less yeah. chaotic than your nighttime dreams. It feels dreams. real
0: though, doesn't it? Like it feels, yeah. it's very, it's very uh, what's the word? Um,
1: tangible compelling yeah mm, like compelling it's compelling it's engaging it's
0: engaging yeah the illusion it, is engaging yeah it's, it's engaging it's fascinating it's incredible like i can't believe tables and chairs i love chairs oh yeah this is what i'm <laughs> doing this is what i'm doing so it, for anyone I'm,
1: wondering what jess is doing these days yeah. after made in chelsea chairs yeah,
0: this is this is what i'm doing i'm making making chairs and and vases and mirrors because i'm like it's like suchness isn't it like i can't believe that you can create you can imagine something and then see it in this illusion in this dream you can it feels hard so i'm really enjoying the like the like the, the the designing in my brain seeing and then seeing it in my hand i'm like oh my god i made this you know it's like such a crazy it's spirit. really cool
1: to make something real you know it's
0: yes yeah, it's, it's
1: from your imagination
0: from your imagination to have it in your hand is just like Insane! It's it's insane. It's intoxicating. It's intoxicating. So I'm, I'm, at the moment. That's that is my path. You know, creating stories. Hopefully, in the end, some more directing. But right now, it's definitely making, uh, my, my dreams tangible in this realm yes i'm really enjoying that game yeah you know it's exciting
1: and you mentioned something really cool which is that when you infuse your dream with love and compassion yes it reflects that back to yeah you. i find that so true right and if you infuse it with anxiety and yeah uh, feeling or sorry for yourself feeling greed. like a victim it, mm. or greed mm. it will reflect back 100% as
0: well. 100% like make everything touch everything with love like mm-hmm. um obviously it's easier said than done but especially with designing i think that that's that's maybe how it works you know Mm. um another thing uh i i watched inception the other day oh yeah and um i haven't finished it because it overwhelmed me because I, i couldn't believe like that that they've made a film about that you know I can't believe that I was watching it I was like is this is this real like the fact that she's designing the architecture of her dream and then she shifts and then people look at her and clock her because it's like they're realizing that like it's like the dream's collapsing on her I've actually felt that happen to me a few times where I've been like is my dream collapsing on me because I'm too aware of it Mm. or is my dream
1: maybe this timeline is collapsing yes while I... another one is being yeah through.
0: yeah and i sometimes i'm like okay have i gone absolutely balmy mad <laughs> Or is something really strange happening right now and another thing is the moon right i just sent you this thing this morning yes this is something i want to talk about right so lunar tick right lunatic Mm -hmm. like i love that word you know i love the word lunatic like it's like moon you know lunar eclipse the tick but i um i've i have always had this feeling that the moon isn't um a rock like it isn't it's like a it's a plasma it's like a it's like a hologram it's like projecting i think that might have something to do with with the dream state i think i think the moon is controlling our spiritual growth
1: in a good way or a bad way
0: depends i think on the on the on the human
1: dive into this a little more i'm I'm so curious i just i
0: just have a feeling that like i haven't dove into it yet fully but i've seen a couple of things online like, um, is it David Icke? David Icke talks about it. And how the moon could be a um, sort of uh, projection. Um, and that, you know, we never did land on the moon. It was just, uh, that was just uh, um, bullshit. Mm. <laughs> And that maybe it's something greater than that. it's something more powerful than that. it's something less tangible, less solid um, and uh, guide, guiding us you know guiding us. Um, who knows but I definitely as a woman feel very controlled by lo- something lunar. Mm-hmm. you know my my, my uh, menstrual cycle, my emotional cycle, my the people I hang out with like the, I feel like the moon is in control of me. yeah sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's funny because we it's don't, in my heart. you know, a lot of um, a lot of people don't track their moods necessarily, yeah. but it could be mm. that it is being yeah. affected by the lunar cycle. Yeah, well,
0: I could be it could be wrong. Obviously, everything I say is just my own in- interpretation, but it's how I feel.
1: I do remember reading it. I don't remember the exact numbers, but there are some strange properties about the moon mm. that it's the shape of it, the yeah. exact size, yeah. how it matches to the sun when there's an eclipse. Yeah.
2: It's there's a couple
1: of spooky <laughs> things that mm. make it seem like it's an artificially yeah. designed satellite. Yes, that it's not just this natural yeah. random formation.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, yeah, it's a fascinating I subject. Agree.
0: I think we should dive into it. We should we should look into it more. We because, should look into it. You know, Im- imagine imagine if that is the truth. Imagine if imagine if that is uh that's controlling this fantastically terrifying but amazing hologram.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that hologram, be, yeah, that's how I call it too.
0: Yeah, it feels that way.
1: I do like to also instill in myself the belief that despite any outside control we are also creators yes, yes and that at the end of the day it's your consciousness yes. creating the hologram yeah 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 um, your consciousness But maybe that's what
0: ignites dream. it you know maybe that's what uh, yes. starts it starts the fire or something mm-hmm. inside of us like i'm like trying to think about what the correlation is between the moon and us mm-hmm. i want to know i'm going to try and find out but uh yeah you're absolutely right we are conscious we are the ones consciously creating our reality and uh, it's it's sad sometimes that you, when you know that some people that you know may never get there or may never like uh, get to that point in their life where they realise that and that makes me feel sad.
1: I think everyone is realising things at their own pace, mm. and also mushrooms help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they open you up to a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm definitely more open-minded since I did psychedelics yeah and it just happens over time naturally right yeah just talk to me about the biggest risk you've taken in life oh my
0: god risk yeah the biggest risk
1: in the moment you didn't know if the net would be there but you jumped
0: i think like when i when i i, I move around a lot like i like even coming to Coming to Indonesia this time was scary. Uh, It was a risk that I was going to lose where I'd got to in my uh, life in London. And I'd uh, been, you know, I've been lucky to achieve some things in London and things started to move for me.
1: On the filmmaking front? Yeah,
0: I found an incredible production company called compulsory and I I love them Mm. such nice people great people and we have started to form a really nice bond and I kind of took was like okay I'm so grateful for you guys thank god you exist but I really need to do this right now I'm being called to like spiritually shift Mm -hmm. like there's so many things inside of me I'm not contented with and I also I need to figure that out yeah. You know, I need to change because I,
1: if you keep going on that path yeah, without having figured without, out the yeah, spiritual that, piece, yeah, I
0: need, I needed to do some, I needed to make a big change in order to, because because that is, I'm so grateful for that, right? Mm-hmm. I need to change first mm-hmm. in order to do it properly.
1: How how cool is it that you you have that self awareness yeah. and also you feel the call and you follow it. Right, a lot of people feel the call and
0: and don't follow it.
1: They shut it down.
0: Yeah, well, because of fear of losing what they've achieved, right, yeah. or fear of losing what they might achieve, or fear of like yeah. um, comfort, losing that comfort. They're
1: looking at it too objectively. Yeah. Whereas they should be looking at. What is my heart? Yeah, what is me? My, my what is my he- soul yeah, yeah, calling me towards? Yeah.
0: Well my soul is was calling me towards meditation and like and like taking diving into my soul really. It was like I needed to take a good look and clean out those impurities. Like I needed to um, accept a lot of things about myself. I needed to and I also, you know, I was dying to 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 see if my I could design something and see if I could um uh, follow that that uh path too yeah. so i was like well oh, there's an opportunity to dive inside of my soul and hopefully uh find an incredible artist in indonesia that might help might help me so and i found a really really amazing uh uh artist um who's helping me with the designs and that's just like i'm so grateful
1: it's so fun to collaborate with someone mm, yeah. who is better at a certain specific mm, yeah, thing than you, absolutely. and you can you can engage their talent yeah. to fulfill your vision of something.
0: Yeah, well, it, very similar to filmmaking. As exactly, well. exactly. And and Bali being like the land of craftsmanship, you know, like these you know these uh, humans are so good at what they do. They're so good at what they do, and they're so kind oh, yeah. like they're so yeah. kind and, yeah. they're, and this person i found is so kind and that's like you know that's all i've ever wanted is just someone to just like rub, like rub off to and just be like happy and just like try and figure it out and there's no pressure there's no like do this do that it's just like let's try and build something sweet together and see if it works and just pray that it works and he's like that too there's no pressure
1: it is part of the magic of Bali, yeah. of how kind everyone is, uh-huh. and it's hard to describe unless you really experience it. Yeah, yeah. the moment you land in the airport, yeah. you feel yeah. that people are more friendly. and yeah. they're more they're more open.
0: Well, there's a there's a chance of a uh, friendship here. Like whereas, like I think sometimes in London, we all I would say we're all quite like we're not that trusting. You know, we don't. Mm. There's not as there's not so much trust in London. I, maybe that's personal but um here there's like an opportunity to trust it feels like there's more opportunity to trust here um and maybe that's that leads to rem- friendship you know
1: what has your journey been like with trust
0: oh gosh <laughs> oh gosh you know um you know what it's a, t- it's a difficult one like i trust i think it comes from within and i haven't i hadn't trust my trusted myself for like quite a long time i like i for example like i wouldn't f- say things and not finish them or i would um uh i don't know i just didn't have i didn't trust my love for myself i didn't trust i didn't trust myself for a long time and that resulted in not trusting others right so mm. i didn't trust anyone else because i didn't trust myself um, wow, that's a good point yeah
1: it's yeah. like it comes from within i think so mm-hmm.
0: uh, and i didn't i didn't know that so i was just like why is everyone so untrustworthy or why is everybody wronging me or like it was all more like why are they doing this to me and it's like no it's me it's me so I had to realize that it was me and it's all me and I, I had to, le- you know, I had to learn to trust myself and I'm only, I'm only just getting there now. I'm only really just touching, the touching the surface, surfaces of like fully trusting who I am and like my word, trusting my word and like following through and finishing things and not telling white lies to get out of trouble. Yeah. You know, that's not it's not I used to do that all the time. And like
1: it's convenient, but it bites you in the ass it bites you in the ass. Yeah. It's it's
0: like it's a it's destined for failure if you just pollute the air with lies. Mm-hmm. And like I you know, I would lie when I was little to get away from my mom telling me off, right? So mm-hmm. I would but you just- you didn't go out or you no, didn't No, yeah, I would this. just completely yeah. lie to her poor face about what I was up to. And I think it stays with you, those little lies and those little like, impurities. You learn you learn them at a young age to get out of trouble. And then you end up like, like not being very honest. And then you have to, you know, big reality check that that's not the way forward. <laughs> and you have to unlearn those impurities or else yeah you're you're in trouble you know lies and things like that are
1: aligning with come truth back to you yeah as much as yeah, possible yeah yeah and also because you wouldn't want other people to do that to you no
0: no well you 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 are like the you know like the world is as you are right so yeah. if you're a trustworthy person like you're going to be drawing in trustworthy people
1: mm-hmm. and you uh, feel it too vice versa when you're aligned with truth you're more aware of those that are maybe not so much. A
0: hundred percent. And like, if you're, if you, if you're like not sure about yourself, you're not going to be sure about someone else. Yeah. Like I don't know how you could enter a relationship without fully trusting yourself.
1: <sighs> That's a good one. Yeah.
0: How could you do that? You know. How can you have a healthy it's complete, relationship? It's completely, it's without- a completely paranoid. Like it's complete. Like, are, are they going to do this to me? Are they telling the truth? Are they? Is this genuine? Do they really love me? Like it's just going to be constant turmoil until you find the basis of trust within yourself.
1: Jess, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned about love and relationships? <laughs> oh
0: God, um, a few things, a few things. So when um, when I was younger, I truly believe that I fell in love with David Bowie. And like, it's actually quite mad to think that that happened to me because you know, when you're your first ever whoever you fancy the most when you're little was i watched the film the labyrinth that i'm sure a lot of people watched and i literally fell in love with this character the goblin king you know it was like my fantasy to like i was like oh my god this is so cool like i i just fell in love with him and that was my first ever experience with unrequited love—was loving somebody that didn't exist. So that was my first ever experience of love, and and his, uh, and then it just led me to like being in love with his lyrics, and his lyrics uh, helped me with spirituality. You know, he's a profound human being. He's like the Messiah. Brought you um, to Ibiza, which it, brought you to it, mushrooms. which brought me to <laughs> right. So it's like this weird weird love doesn't make any sense but when I was little I was convinced I was in love with David Bowie I still kind of am but that was my first unrequited love experience and then as I got older um yeah I've just had really uh it's, it's been turbulent actually it's been very turbulent my experience with love um uh I don't I know my mum recently opened up to me about um when we were little she was incredibly paranoid that we were going to get hurt and she was really you know she loved us so much that she she had a lot of fear um based around her emotion you know she was so terrified that anything would happen to us that she I think I like accidentally took on that like fear and like that paranoia when I was little so I um yeah, I, I, I kind of think that like kind of merged into like what love was for me. Like love was scary, ah. you know, and that love was like a scary, quite fearful thing. Anxious. And anxious and like intimacy was scary and like, not, you know, it wasn't her fault, but she was just so scared of anything happening to us. Um,
1: and we pick up so much from our parents yeah, subconsciously yeah, that yeah, we have yeah. to unlearn or yeah, yeah. redefine later on yeah, in life.
0: Yeah and um i think and then you know lots of i had a first i remember having like a first boyfriend that i loved very much and he was a lovely human being and that was nice but it ended really badly and your first relationship can really affect you right like it it really did it really did and i remember that heartache like carrying that heartache for a long long time uh and then you know, not not trusting myself and entering into relationships has been a nightmare, right? So mm. every relationship I have en- I have entered in has been slightly unhealthy because I haven't been healthy. I've not been a healthy human being. I've been uh, unhealthy toward myself. Um, so and I've probably picked unhealthy partners. So uh, I've experienced. I've definitely experienced love, but it's not been. I've not experienced a healthy love. I have. Uh, you know there's people in my life that I love and I have soulmates but I have a soulmate I think and you know somebody that like sets your soul on fire and accepts you for who you are and I'm lucky to experience that kind of love it's unconditional it feels well so it seems it feels that way because you know we're not together and I feel so strongly about that person and I don't even think I need to be with that person I might not ever be with that person but that love is always there and that's something that I can't believe I get to experience
1: you've been you've met them before then? I met the person yeah before. so they it's, they, not, it's, they, not, it's
0: <laughs> not it's not it's
1: not oh, okay because <laughs> I have heard that I did hear about a certain Paolo Nutini that oh, yeah. caught your eye. Yeah,
0: yeah. he also caught my eye. Yeah, <laughs> he's absolutely gorgeous, isn't he? Yeah, I love his lyrics as well. It's an incredible musician. I think I love I love uh, people that like have cryptic messages in their music, and they that, you know there's a little underlying like secret that you've got to find out. in it like, I think they're enlightened. You know, they're enlightened beings, and they're singing. And I'm like, oh my god, and listening to their enlightenment is. I love that.
1: So this unconditional love, you feel for this... Uh, this, unnamed person
0: The i'm not naming yeah. <laughs> person but i feel so much love toward that person and that and that's been really nice to feel to be able to feel that way towards someone and not need or have any attachment to them mm. That's like the first time i've ever really felt that way you know i've always i've always ha- like been quite attached to the people i love uh, therefore it's not free you know there's no freedom in that love there's just uh, entrapment i've never been able to love without attachment so this is something i'm working on now
1: and in this case you don't need to be with them no I just love them. You just them. love them. Yeah, I just love them. It reminds me of something Abraham Hicks said in one of their books, uh, or it might have been a lecture. Find someone easy to love
2: Yeah.
1: or something. So it's yeah. like they even talk about imagining a kitten, you know, and, and just loving the kitten yeah. Yeah. or a puppy or, in this case, a person. It's like think of all the things that are easy to love yeah. to generate the frequency of love mm. in your soul, yeah. which will then attract more of that same vibration yeah, to you
0: yeah and you know not needing anything from this love like love is uh, love is uh it's supposed to be liberation not mm, entrapment right yes you you know just because i love you doesn't mean you you i get something from you you're supposed to love just love you know it's not there's no it's not transactional relationships can be transactional but love shouldn't be
1: when you add um, conditions to it and you yeah. add attachments. Well, I
0: understand that relationships have conditions. Like, to make a relationship last, it, it has to have conditions. Like, I accept that, um, that that is the case for a relationship. Um, you know, if you don't, you can love someone and not be in a relationship, and that can be unconditional. But once the relationship starts to uh, arise, yeah, there, there's conditions. You know, there's... Um, there's boundaries and uh, they're there to be respected. And that's how I think relationships last, is respect and in, and, and uh, honesty and uh, uh, freedom.
1: Do you also find that as you get older, you look for different things in love? <laughs> when you're younger, it might be more about looks or, yeah, or status yeah. or excitement. Yeah. And when you get older, you look for a similar soul someone yeah. who understands what you is,
0: all i really really want or wanted is people that uh, i'm aligned with you know yes. like fully aligned with and like i can i think any authentic human being can love any authentic human being and i think that alignment is just like that that ingredient and it's just the timing and if you find someone that is fully aligned with you and like and you're on the same path yeah great of course i would be in a relationship with that person if they felt the same way as me i haven't quite found that yeah yeah I I think so I think so but also like okay if it doesn't like I've made peace with the fact that maybe you know I I think you have to make peace with the fact that you could you might not be with someone you might you might Love lots of people and different people at different times, but you might not have one partner, and that's been something quite hard to accept. But it's necessary, and I think when you start accepting that, that's when love, like, probably comes in.
1: When you don't look for it, and you're happy with (laughs) yourself, and you're living life, yeah, that's when it comes out of the blue.
0: I think so. I think so. But again, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I used to be so worried about it. I used to be so like oh God, am I gonna be alone? And then when I realized that being alone is actually like the most powerful thing. And you know, that's where, I think that's where my uh, awakening lied. So I would never have found that if I was in a relationship. So I'm like very grateful that mine didn't work out. I'm very grateful that the love was painful and that the things were toxic or unhealthy because they've led me to solitude, which has led me to me. Yeah, and I wouldn't be me without the solitude.
1: I read a quote just yesterday. First, it pains you, then it changes you. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's amazing. Thought,
1: so true. <laughs> that's so true. Where you're almost grateful for the pain years oh, later.
0: A hundred percent. Like I forgive, and I hope that everyone forgives me that hurt me or I hurt. I hope that because you know, without these little things, there's no way that I would have um, uh, gone through what I've gone through um mentally and spiritually.
1: And it's also about forgiving yourself. Yeah. You Which know? is a hard one, by it the way. It is the hardest I find that the
0: hardest thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh yeah, it sucks. You know, it's like you've done things in life. I I'm trying to reach out actually to people anyone that I've ever like uh wronged or like
1: that is really powerful i'm
0: trying to do that now and i sent i've sent a couple messages just being like i'm really sorry for anything i ever did if when when we when we were younger and i was ignorant i've done that as well yeah it really relieves the weight yeah and also they remember most of the time some people don't but if you have been a little uh it's good to call yourself out and it's good to end that ignorance and apologize because that's also freeing for you right you know it's freeing for them and it's freeing for you
1: it may mean more to them Then they let on, hundred percent. you know, to get a call out of the blue years later and have closure about something that happened or something you did or even if it was unintentional. Yeah. Um, There's an exercise that one of the previous podcast guests, he he literally made a list of every single person that he has wronged or has had any conflict with. And he went and found as all of them, as many as he could. Yeah. And one of them was a lady he found who didn't even remember who <laughs> he was. Who he was? It was so long ago. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, and she was a bit older, and you know, was maybe just forgetful. And and she's like, "Oh, well, you seem like a perfectly nice gentleman. I'm sure whatever you did <laughs> wasn't that bad." <laughs> and so it's just funny that, but it still it still is worth it to go and find everyone yeah. or as many people that are as on your know. mind, and they come up. They'll come up on mushroom trips for me as well. Oh,
0: massively. You know,
1: like I'll be like, a ooh, I've got to call that person. Yeah. Do
0: you know in, in that scene in Harry Potter when at the, the end, when the, he's killing Voldemort? Yeah. And when he's, the, the people come into his, 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 his loved ones come into his uh, psyche, right? Yes. I actually feel that happens to me on mushrooms quite a lot. And it happened to me in my vipassana. Uh, I, I, I envisioned my some family members and some people I loved were, were with me, and they were like, you know, keep going. It was it was very Harry Potter esque moment, and I was like, oh god, this this is crazy. And then sometimes that happens to me when hurt people I've hurt or hurt me, they come up come up in my brain and they see their face quite clearly, and I yeah like I forgive them in that realm, but it would be nice to forgive them in the physical world too, you know, because or or uh, apologize because I think. Yeah, I th- like, I just think it's 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 quite necessary, even if they don't remember who you are. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it?
1: Are there situations or people where you found it hard to forgive them because it was so painful or you feel like they never properly owned up to it?
0: Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore, no.
1: What changed?
0: Um, ego. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You so
1: you think if someone can't forgive someone, it's it's their ego blocking them? I do think so. Not yeah. actually the other person. I
0: do think so, yeah, maybe. Mm. Maybe. There's probably maybe some other reasons, actually. Not actually, no, because then there's abuse, isn't there? There's violence, and that's quite hard. Quite hard. I've never experienced like, severe violence, so I don't know about that one. I can't vouch for it. Um, but I reckon that would be incredibly difficult to overcome. But I guess it's the, it's the forgiving for you right it's like when you hold on to like a bad negative thought its energy it creates energy in your mind so its like important to release that k- karmic like umbilical cord yeah you know it's like an umbilical cord an energetic umbilical cord you have with that person you need to cut it yes and to cut it you have to forgive them yes because yes. they have power over you yes they have power over you i think mm. if you haven't forg- forgave Them.
1: How does someone cut the cord? Is it really just forgiveness or is there another way of doing it? Probably,
0: I don't know, it could be forgiveness and compassion maybe together, but maybe having compassion for why they did what they did and maybe like trying to see why because in my head, hurt people hurt people. Mm. Hurt people hurt people. You know you're they're hurt they're hurting like when I hurt people I'm hurting it comes from a place of complete and utter like lashing pain out. lashing out and like and uh, not unresolved trauma or unresolved like whatever it may be it's 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 because I'm hurt.
1: I think the difficult one for me is when they're not even aware of how uh, much they hurt you. Yeah. They're on such a different frequency. Yeah. That. To them, it's no big deal, and they don't acknowledge well, that's what their, actually happened. their path,
0: or you might be dealing with a narcissist. You know, you could be dealing with a, mm. a psychopath or a sociopath, which happens all the time, right? So it's like trying to come between, it's like, are these, it's trying to figure out, even, even if they are a narcissist or not, that word, I know it gets thrown around quite easily, but whatever that person is, they're on their path. And again, we can't make them feel, uh, admit, for sure it's hard though because you want them to be sorry but like you know whatever you can still forgive them anyway but i think most people like do feel um remorse Mm -hmm. um the occasional uh mentally ill person might not ever
1: what was the most um difficult challenge in your life that you've had to overcome
0: I would say it's right now and it's Vipassana and it's confronting my ego. I think it's the most difficult, that was the most difficult uh, situation. Uh, accepting that I ha- had and I have an e- a huge ego <laughs> <laughs> that needs, Don't we all? That needs to dissolve. Yeah. yeah. And that, it's like a you're at war mm. with this other person inside of your brain that's like, just stubborn (laughs) (laughs) stubborn and like bitter and just not you that's not who we are it's not the self the true self isn't that way so liberating to know that i'm not the ego difficult to fight it off
1: Mm, do you think there's a way to make friends with the ego?
0: alliance you, i think yeah. you do you do in the end because some people say that ego is like good and it's drive but no it's not it's not ego i don't think the ego has any love and compassion um but you can at least at least you can begin to accept that there, there is a part of you that has uh an ego and you need to uh I, I, I'm working on trying to dissolve it completely. The end game is to not have one. Mm. Um, it may take years, but I'm going to try.
1: Have you ever been called to ayahuasca? I haven't yet. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's there. It's I, I think about it. Um, people around me have done it people around me have done it for wrong reasons like people have done it to like because they need something because they want something because they're trying to end addiction because like not not necessarily being called they're like forcing it and I'm like I'm quite aware of that so I'm like oh I don't resonate with that so I'm waiting I'm waiting until I feel the full call I might never feel it you know I might never feel it I hope I do because it's like
1: I do find, for me, it was one of the most ego-dissolving experiences. Oh, really? Yeah, that and DMT. Yes. For me, it was like mushrooms, but maybe a hundred times more intense. Oh, wow. And it just completely dissolves it. Really? It shows you the light and the shadow and uh, it, it transforms me, you know?
0: What was it like?
1: Really intense. Yeah. Yeah, the first hour... I really thought I'd made a mistake
0: really because
1: it was so so much grief was coming up and so much sadness and I thought oh god if this is going to be it for the next eight hours I'm in for a rough ride <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but because of my mushroom experience I knew the arc of a trip that mm-hmm. it's never the same it's going to flow it's going to ebb and there's yeah. going to be different stages mm-hmm. of it so I kind of held on for dear life (laughs) and eventually it Mm. cracked me open you know it's like the resistance cracks
0: how long was the trip
1: i'd say a good six to eight hours it's hard to quantify the time because also it feels when you're in that trip time kind of doesn't exist yes but it was from maybe 11 p.m to 5 a.m Mm. yeah beautiful beautiful experience
0: yeah i i I can't imagine. Uh,
1: It went from one of the, oh my God, this might be the worst experience to this is the most beautiful experience. Has
0: it affected your life?
1: It cleared up a lot of blocks for me energetically. It felt like I came out of it with my hardware, uh, software rearranged, like a reset. Reprogramming. Yeah, yeah, reformatted. (laughs) Yeah. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, it's it's wild to think that we're sort of like, sometimes I'm like, are we can you rewire your brain? And I truly believe that you can. hundred percent, Yeah. hundred like, percent.
1: I find that it takes a few trips, like yeah. with mushrooms, for example. The very first time you do mushrooms, it can be a little strange, might not do much for you. Mm. But if you keep engaging with the plant medicine, yes. over time, yeah. it shifts you little by little 100%. by little. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I'm a different person. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I also feel like with with like, my tools are to for like life um mushrooms in small occasions when when i feel called to it and now meditation for vipassana meditation vipassana meditation is like doing mushrooms without the mushrooms mm-hmm. that's that's how that felt it felt i didn't need the substance i was just thrown into that like the world above like the material in between the physical there's like what there's a realm here yeah. that we that we sometimes go into In meditation, and once the once the thoughts are gone, that felt like I was tripping. Mm. So you actually, I actually felt high. Wow! I felt really high for a lot of it. A lot of the end of the vipassana, I felt like I was tripping.
1: I recently tried breath work.
0: I haven't tried this,
1: and it felt like a DMT trip. (laughs) Oh my god! It was one of the most incredible experiences for me because, like you, I was like, wow! I don't need any substance. It's just breath in and out, and it it was affecting me on a vibrational level on a frequency level I was buzzing yeah it was it was truly like tripping yeah and such a release yeah you know
0: well it's like your body like sort of disintegrates you know like it's like you're so it stingling it's yeah it's yeah. just wild it's like it's hard to describe uh I wish I could describe it like I had better elocution but you uh, at the end of the Vipassana, what I experienced was your, your physical body um, like kind of just goes, it like disappears. It's like it's like you're not there anymore. Mm. It almost feels like you're nor here nor there. Mm. In between. Yeah, you're in between. You're yeah. in between. You're in like...
1: This hybrid state. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's really, really calm. And a bird, like for example, a bird would tweet and it would go through you like the 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 ripples of the like the the sound would go through your entire body you could feel it in your toes you could feel it passing through your body from like one side because the bird would be up there and it would go it would like penetrate you and it it was like whoa that bird was loud (laughs) you know that that bird was so loud and um Okay. Birds again, like synchronicity for me. I love birds, and in Aldous Huxley's book *Island*, the birds, like the Mayan birds, Mayan birds or whatever they're called, he sees these. This is profound. This is I've kept this close to me. The birds are shouting attention. Mm. So the birds are shouting attention. The word, like I think they're saying, the word attention.
1: They were trained by the villagers. They were trained to,
0: yeah. by the villi- villagers to shout. Attent- the word attention, attention. So every time a bird would chirp, it would say attention, attention. Like you know, yeah. pay attention,
1: be in the present, be
0: in the present, be in the. And now every time I see a bird tweet, I'm like attention, attention. <laughs> so I th- that's what I think they're saying to me. That's amazing. And, yeah, and it's nice because that's stuck with me. It's like you know, in life, what we keep is what makes us who we are. Right? You know, we, we, we accumulate all these things, but it's what mm. we keep. It's what we keep, and um,
1: wow, what we keep makes us who we are. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: And such a reminder to let go of what we yeah, don't. Well, yeah, keep. we don't let need go to, of the baggage. What
0: doesn't serve us is, is not who we are. Like um, landscape, you know, he talks about how landscape reminds us what we are not. Like, rem- like landscape reminds us who we are. Like Landscape, looking at landscape.
1: Like a like an open field yes. or a forest? Yes, or?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I've been recently experiencing uh, a ridiculous amount of butterflies. And <laughs> I like to the point where it's actually wild. I think I see like 10, 11 a day.
1: That's a synchronicity. It's a synchronicity.
0: <laughs> and I'm really happy with that one because they're so beautiful mm. and they're so nice
1: are you a good manifester i don't know let's dive into manifestation yeah
0: talk to me i need to know more about it I, I all i I know that i've now got this bible i've got this bible it's i've called it like a me bible where i just write down my manifestations my thoughts what happened yesterday because i usually forget what happened yesterday and i want to remember so i i'll write down what what's come into my head that day and then i'll read it in the morning i'll be like what's what what happened yesterday because you know it's gone you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist only now exists i like to remind myself about like what i'm dealing with yeah um do you keep...
1: spot patterns in that when oh you read
0: absolutely back? absolutely but it's usually me being like hey babe you did that today don't do that again <laughs> <laughs> don't do that again honey um or like you know, something I found out that day, some some bit of research that stuck with me that we really want to remember.
1: What was the last thing you said, babe? <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> oh
0: God. <laughs> yeah, a, a pattern was arising. A, a human being was coming into my life that reminds me of my past. Um, old energy. An old energy was arising, I, like not. Yeah, and it was bringing me back to who I was. It was not. It was where I'm going. It was where I was, not where I'm going. Yes. And I was engaging with that person, and uh, I should have just given love and compassion and said goodbye. But I, there was something inside of me that was like still engaging. So that was a bit of an unhealthy habit.
1: I relate to that a lot. Right. It's like we will keep repeating the same energetic until we interplay with someone until we say no. Yeah. No more.
0: It's us, right? So it, we,
1: we break consent the to cord. It, yeah. You know?
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We break the cord and then move forward. Don't look back. Yeah. You know, that was one of the things yeah. that popped up on a mushroom trip for me. Yeah. It's like, just keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. If you keep
1: looking in the rear view mirror, you just,
0: I, there's no point. You, can't, can you, you can't
1: make the destination yeah. you're going to. You cannot hold two frequencies at the same time, the old frequency and this new exciting one that you want to inhabit. You must be disciplined and choose one. And that was a big lesson for me.
0: Yeah. And I think with regards to manifestation, I don't think it's easy to manifest when you're clinging onto old patterns. I think old patterns are there to be eradicated. Mm.
1: You're manifesting more old patterns. Right.
0: It's well. That's with the vipassana. You're multiplying by engaging in these in these impurities. You're multiplying your misery, and you're multiplying your uh, sankharas and your bad cravings. And like, uh, you're not allowing space and room for manifestations and like clarity. Yeah. Uh, You need to be free. You need to be clear. You need to have a pure, pure mind to manifest. I th- I, don't th- I don't think manifestation works unless you're you're clean.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has to be a pure frequency. There's got
0: to be. There's got to be some level of purity there, I think. Um manifestation. Yeah, I don't I don't.
1: Would you say that you manifested your experience on Made in Chelsea that there was a part of you that desired that That's and brought into into your experience?
0: Oh, oh god, I don't know. P- potentially like but maybe because I knew I knew the people that were on that show and it seemed like something exciting it seemed like glamorous mm. it seemed glamorous um, yeah there's, there's a chance that I did manifest that I can't remember though I wish I could
1: I also find the more mushrooms I do the more I realize how connected our thoughts and feelings are to the <laughs> reality the hologram and its reflections yeah even on the trips themselves the moment I have a negative thought things will start reflecting to me in that moment yeah like um I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast but there was a trip where I had a negative thought and immediately like my neighbor in the guest house would like drop something or like there would be like noises to like reflect back the discord yeah and then the moment I became peaceful yeah Everything quiets down. Yeah.
0: Well, this is yeah. This is what I mean about inception. Like mm. the like I was feeling really paranoid the other day. Like I, I had this like, overwhelming like, like, uh, wave of paranoia, and when I started feeling the paranoia, I started thinking that everyone was like, like looking at me. Mm. But so I was like, why is everyone looking at me? Like, am I going crazy? The paranoia was manifesting in uh-huh. in reality. Uh-huh. And that, and then when I was like, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop it stopped. Yeah. You know, it just instantly stopped. Like, we are the this, generators. I it. think so. I think so. And I think if you are generating a a negative, a negative dream, if you are constantly like choosing the negative, like, oh, well, that's not going to happen or this isn't going to happen or, you know, don't trust anyone or all of those little things will be play out like a play for you. Um until you can until you can get hold of those negative thoughts. It will keep playing out.
1: I think of this as a playground for your consciousness to learn how to direct the energy. Yeah. You come here and you you experience all these reflections. And it's like you're playing out whatever you're thinking in your mind. Yeah. It comes a little with a delay, it comes yeah. later. Yeah. But it's like you're playing with your own consciousness. Yeah,
0: thoughts become things. Yeah. Yeah, Qu- quite, quite scary, really. But just a big, big uh, shift to, to really focus on like the positive mental attitude. You mm-hmm. know, really, it's real. You know, it really is real.
1: One thing I wanted to ask you about is your charisma. Because you have a very natural charisma to you.
0: What does charisma actually mean?
1: It's this magnetism. And so when you walk into a room, you light you light it up. <laughs> really? And I'm curious if that's something that was always a natural thing to you or something that you learned or, or do you notice it in yourself?
0: That's a very nice thing to say. Thank you. Um, I... I don't, I don't know. I, I can't see it at that.
1: Really? No. You create the the Jess Woodley vibe. <laughs>
0: no, I can't. I can't see that. I can't see that.
1: Uh, it's like when you were saying you're a good talker. You know, that's part of it as well. It's there's a social charisma to yeah, it.
0: maybe. Like, I don't know. I I've never. I don't notice that because I, you know, I've been very very insecure. So it's like I don't. I can't see that. Like sometimes I can. I feel like good vibes, like I give off good vibes and it's reciprocated or other way around. But I can't, obviously I can't see what you see. Mm-hmm. So like, sometimes I wish I could, yeah. you know, I wish I could see what you see, but I can't. So I, I don't know. All right. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a shame.
1: I think, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that maybe you have to give yourself credit for or see it eventually
0: that's nice i hope i do eventually see what you see Mm. that would be nice
1: (laughs) is there anything that you for those maybe who are um, struggling with confidence or struggling with uh, self-love yeah any advice that you can recommend to them
0: um i think everyone i think i think everyone really struggles with with self love and self worth and i think that's okay i think it's really normal i think the whole point of being here is alchemy we are trying to get to that place and it might take a while and you should definitely not be discouraged at, at, at not feeling fully in love with yourself right now i think it's a it's a quest it's like a journey it takes it takes time don't give up um healing isn't linear in any way shape or form uh and we are we will keep repeating some things until they're learned and um lo- to love oneself takes you know takes devotion devotion to 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 things like solitude and to things like um boundaries and uh compassion for yourself you know compassion doesn't work unless it's extended to yourself you know you can't just go giving other people compassion it needs to be extended to yourself yes. in order for it to be real
1: same with love
0: yeah same with love yeah like it's yeah my my only my advice um from my personal experiences is is solitude mm. solitude
1: that's gonna be the title yeah. <laughs> this <episode>. be alone <laughs>
0: alone and unafraid <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> who is the most visionary person in your life or in history, that inspires you,
0: David Bowie. Mm. <laughs> David Bowie.
1: <laughs> what is it about him that, that sparks you?
0: Um, his charisma, his his ability to to like to draw you into his psyche. Mm. Like I, I he's definitely been. I've idolized him from youth, and it's because. I've found so many cryptic messages in his lyrics and uh, so much like, I, I, know for, I know for a fact that that human reached a level of enlightenment. You know, at one point I think he w- he wanted to go be a monk and g- give everything up, but you know, he was having too much fun in his game, in his dream, that he used the enlightenment that he found and then used it in his... Uh, Art. yeah and i thought that was really cool it's just know? fearlessness too right he's just completely fearless, and he's unapologetically himself yeah. he, and that's something i i want to be you know i hope to be like that i think he's admir- ad- admirable uh, i think all people that are unapologetically themselves are really interesting there's a there's a lot of people i admire like now i'm starting to really admire this author called bell hooks uh, i can't believe like the way she speaks about love and compassion and our society, she's someone that um, I'm going to lean into now.
1: W- what's a book by her that you recommend? It's
0: called uh, All About Love. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm halfway through it now, and I just, yeah, it's, it's it's becoming my new favorite book.
1: You also mentioned to me Miranda July. M-
0: Miranda Julie, I think is Julie? her name. Julie, okay. Yeah, Miranda Julie is someone... Oh, yeah, she, she, she's up there with David Bowie. She's... Um, a really interesting character. she's she's a director, she's a writer, and I really resonate with her because she's she's so free. She's free. like she doesn't she doesn't care what people think about her. She's unapologetically herself and she's got such a peculiar way of talking uh, about her experiences. She's a proper storyteller to me.
1: Yeah, I actually, have read some of her work. I think there was an article she wrote about shoplifting <laughs> that was really funny. It's she's hilarious. And it's like the style of writing is fantastic. It's, it's
0: fantastic. It's like pure stream of consciousness.
1: She says things that you think about, yeah, but you've never put no it into words, yeah, and you're like, wow, yeah, this is incredible.
0: Yeah, she's 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 a she's an idol for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, she's free. She's allowed me to write the way I want to write. Yeah, she's allowed me to like even with things like treatments. Like sh- her reading her work encouraged me to be myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: We also got a shout out to Niels from because you yeah, showed oh me God, yeah. fundamental values. He writes. I was right. aware of his music, but I'd never seen yeah, the performance. Yeah. And when I saw that music, the video, way he touches the. It was ins- it piano. was incredible.
0: Yeah, he's he feels like he's channeling to me. Yeah, you know he's channeling some some his his celestial being is just like moving. You know, like in this realm, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I like I got him from that film that we like. You know, Victoria. Yes, that was passed on by me from a friend, and then I, obviously you know that film is fantastic. Everybody loves that film, but the, he did the soundtrack to that, I think, and uh, that was where I found him.
1: And talking of films, yeah, what makes 2001 A Space Odyssey an important film to you?
0: Oh, God, so many, so many reasons, really. Stanley Kubrick, just in general, is like, you know, he's like a glitch in the Matrix. You know, he's like, uh, he's a, he's uh, spreading messages. You know, he's so important
1: has he inspired your own filmmaking world uh work probably
0: yeah probably like i I think the same with everyone like he he was fearless he um i like the fact that he exposes he exposes a lot of things i think it's so so exciting and like uh his ambition was just like through the roof isn't it you know um i like space odyssey because of the the time like the the length of it i like like the like almost the arrogance the in slowness his, so. yeah yeah <laughs> i like i like the arrogance that he had that like took so long to get from one scene to the next it was almost like life like yeah. it was like a portray of life like the longevity of days and like it felt like like relative it mm. felt relatable uh, i also really like how in the ends you know the big thing that they worship looks like an iphone oh yes and i'm like is this is this is he trying to tell us something? Like it looks like a piece of internet. It looks like an iPhone. Like I'm trying. I
1: was like, and weren't they using basically kind of like iPads? In yeah. One part of the movie. Yeah. I think
0: there was something. There was something going on there. Like, basically, tablet, like, there's some sort, sort of tablet going on in those films, and I'd love to know what that meant. But again, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, he's eyes wide shut. Like that. you know, that terrified me. But it was like it's the truth. You know, it's like it's uh peeling our eyes open to to um the illusion that we live in and uh i also found terry terry gilliam mm. do you know terry gilliam brazil I yeah think. brazil yeah, yeah he did brazil yeah his work is great isn't it because you know dr panassas like that film where he Ledger was in like it's just so obscure like it's the art is just like you know it takes you to, to their worlds which i think is cool they have their own style they're not like anyone else you know they're completely original
1: you've directed a few music videos (laughs) how is that like and what's the biggest thing you've learned from directing i
0: i'm 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 new and i'm green like I, i i've done some adverts and i've done some bits and bobs but i've only really just started to embark on that journey uh and so far i feel yeah, like such a big pull to, to do to do this. Uh because of storytelling, because of like uh it's it's your message, right? Like it's you're trying to trying to relay something inside of you, you're trying to manifest something inside of you, uh, throughout someone else through someone else's work. Mm. so like you're like you're collaborating with an artist and you're manifesting it you're trying to merge dreams basically their music yeah yeah your their vision. music your vision like the dream and i find that really fun so i'm like the fact that we can tr- at least try and merge our our dreams together is just like a crazy experience like i'm so grateful to even be a, a given an opportunity to from an artist, um, and it's, I think it's very important that you resonate with that artist so that your dreams can collide. Because mm-hmm. obviously, sometimes dreams just won't collide, right? It will just be like, no, I don't feel that way about the universe, or I don't feel that way about karma, or I don't feel that way about um, life. You need to find someone you really, really resonate for it to, for it to work.
1: Almost like a relationship. Yeah, there yeah. has to be trust. The
0: ingredients have to be there. Like you have to be like on the same page mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, emotionally. I think for it to work, um, and to, to give them because it's their you know it's their art like it's their soul like you need to like try and give them uh, you want to do the best job you can you want them to be like like so ecstatic about what it is that you've done like so I've got a long way to go uh, but I love writing treatments like the treatments thing is fun because you can like now with the experiences that I'm experiencing like things like vipassana and meditation and like these other realms that are starting to sort of appear to me uh i'm even more excited to get stuck in this year because i feel like my brain is open Mm. uh it's being sort of cracked open so Ah, beautiful we'll see what happens you know it should touch wood that uh i get some good stuff out of it
1: yeah (laughs) jess it's time for the lightning round
0: what's this it's
1: a couple questions about yourself (laughs) what is your favorite part of being you
0: Oh my God, what a question. What's my favorite part of being me?
1: Is there a characteristic or quality that you love about yourself?
0: I love the wonder I have. Like, I am curious mm. to a fault, maybe, but I am constantly, there's a why everywhere, and I want to know why all the time and how or where. Yeah. Or I'm in a state of wonder majority of the time, and I love that about myself.
1: I think it's important to have a bit of awe in your life. Yeah, you know, yeah. To be.
0: Well, it's just constantly asking questions. I want. I think it's good to ask questions. Yeah. You know, we should never just accept with blind faith. We should like find out for ourselves what the truth is.
1: What's uh, what do you wish people saw in you that they normally don't see?
0: Um, ca- capability, maybe. I, I think maybe some people don't think I'm like capable, and I am.
1: Are there things from your audience who knew you from Made in Chelsea that you wish they would see the new you in some way?
0: Do you know what? Like, I spent a lot of my life caring what people think about me, and it's it's held me back. Mm. Um, it's when now that I'm getting out of my own way, I'm not caring about what other people think about me as much. So it's nice to not. I don't want to say I don't care because I do care, but I am not. I can't focus my attention on what other people think about me. I can just only be like my authentic self and hope that they see that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever had experience with aliens or UFOs?
0: I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, okay, there was this one time where I was living in my brother's like we were in a guardianship in London and we were like there was a bunch of artists in there and it was cool. And uh I'd been I'd been a uh, a bit naughty i'd been partying for a bit and uh but after the aftermath was i'd been re- doing a bit of research into like some quite scary stuff like i'd i'd kind of fixated on like some uh a- a- alien aliens i was like obsessing over like ancient aliens and things like that and some some positive some negative but i'd i'd been really delving into that like research and uh, I started to feel like I hadn't protected my aura or maybe I hadn't been protecting my space mentally and I started to feel very fearful and I like I started thinking like um thinking too much about about like aliens and then I experienced this one time where I, w- I was I told my brother, I was like, I'm really scared right now. I'm feeling quite scared. And He was like, of what? And I said, I just feel like something's going on with me that I can't describe. And it's like out of my hands. And he was like, Jess, I think you're going a bit loopy. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, can I sleep in, in this room tonight? And he was like, okay. So he let me sleep upstairs. Cause I was feeling, I don't know what I was feeling. I couldn't describe it. But that night on the 3rd of August, at whatever time it was, I was lying in bed and I was like, I'm really scared. Like, I don't know why, but I feel scared. And about 3 a.m., this like ridiculous, like feeling of white, like lights and like, maybe it felt like a bit like Kundalini or whatever it was, but like something took over my body and everything that I was scared of, it wasn't scary it was actually really nice it was uh-huh. a very it was like ecstasy Wow. and uh, I went on for about five minutes and my whole body was just tingling and and then it left so I stopped then from then on I never got scared again
1: you got an upgrade
0: it was an upgrade <laughs> yeah it was like stop being scared wow you know it was like there's nothing to be afraid of like we're not coming for you
1: such an interesting experience
0: yeah it was really weird it was amazing I was so scared of it happening, but then when it happened, it was like really nice and it never happened again.
1: Mm. What are you most grateful to have experienced in your life?
0: Now I would say Vipassana, mm. 100%. I think it's the greatest experience of my life wow. to date.
1: Wow. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
0: think probably like let go like let let go and yeah be like water you know flow like be in the flow and let go
1: was that in relation to life itself to life
0: itself yeah Yeah. just just stop stop holding on to things you know don't hold on
1: if your life was a movie what would you call it
0: oh my god (laughs) (laughs) something like something to do with searching, something to do with finding. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm a little, you know, there's little borrower peoples. Mm. There's tiny little people that are like searching for things. I feel like I'm like that. Um, Maybe it would be, it would have like a comedy line to it. Uh, Oh, maybe if I was, I'm trying to write something now about like, enlightenment but like in like a joking way kind of like a funny way like a light way like finding enlightenment so maybe the book would be called uh, almost enlightened
1: <laughs> love it That's like almost
0: the... famous you know that film yes so yeah. maybe I would call the book or the film almost enlightened
1: the next autobiography by, yeah by yes. Jess Woodley yeah what is one lesson you learned from your mom
0: oh my god this there's, there's a lot of lessons from my mom She's from Scotland, so she's she's got a thick skin. Um, she's uh, she's fabulous. She always told me, I'm not sure if this is good now, but she always told me to not take shit from anyone.
1: That's but a good advice.
0: I think it, I think it's good advice, but I, now I like I don't mind. Like if you give me shit, that's your present. Mm, you
2: Whereas don't take it on. I
0: don't take it on. Whereas I I think I used to be like not take it as in I'd, I'd fight back so actually i think the advice wasn't wasn't too good
1: gotcha she you know, might have meant it in she, the way i think
0: she meant it in a good way because i guess you shouldn't take shit from anyone but also who cares like if someone's giving you shit like they give it's their it's their pain mm-hmm. and that's something i know now whereas before i used to be like you know, I'm not taking shit from anyone, but actually like- You would engage it with them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, Whereas now you disengage. Let people do whatever they do. Like just let people be themselves. Like yes. it's just, just observe it. Mm-hmm. Like, observe, observe their character and like just decide whether you want them near you or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my, my mom's advice, what else has she told me?
1: What is one piece of advice from your dad that you learned or one lesson?
0: when the the tough get going the going get tough ah yeah he'd always say that
1: the tough get going the going gets tough
0: Tough. when stuff gets hard you get stronger
1: Mm, i think more resilient yeah
0: like don't like like, whenever things got really hard he would be very good oh and he's also such a giver Mm. he's just a giver he's like like a giver You know, and and I I learned that from him. Like I learned to just always give, like giving is like selfless and loving. And like, you know, he's always been an advocate of giving. Uh, Giving is the greatest gift for yourself too. So I'm lucky.
1: Beautiful. Do you have a favorite poem?
0: Oh, gosh, not off the top of my head. But I want to read, I've got Mm -hmm. some stuff. Can I get my phone? Sure lyrics that I like. I'll read something for you. There's, do you know, um, this resonates with me a lot. There's a, the artists. Um, oh, I know, I know a good one, I know a good one. Aldous Huxley's Lightly one. Have you read it? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm gonna read it out. It's dark because you are trying too hard. Lightly, child, lightly. Learn to do everything lightly.
1: Oh, I do know this. Yes. So good.
0: Yes, feel lightly even though you're feeling deeply. Just lightly let things happen and lightly cope with them. I was preposterously serious in those days. Lightly, lightly. It's the best advice ever given to me. Huh. So throw away your baggage and go forward. There are quicksands all about you, sucking at your feet, trying to suck you down into fear and self-pity and despair. That's why you must walk so lightly, lightly, my darling.
1: Oh, so beautiful. I love that you brought that up. I remember reading that years ago and and it really resonated with me.
0: I got that from an ex-boyfriend, actually. That was his favorite poem. And then I, I kept it.
1: We take things too seriously, don't we? We do. Too heavily.
0: It's so heavy, yeah. Lightly. Yeah, lightly. Everything lightly.
1: Lightly and solitude. Yeah, lightly. And, <laughs> that's, that's the two that's, themes. That's the
0: two themes of today.
1: Jess, it's been such a pleasure <laughs> to have you on.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: What is one piece of advice you'd like to leave the listener with on how they can lead a more epic life?
0: Um, I would say for, like, follow your dreams if you, at all costs. You know, like try and find the... Eliminate those obstacles that you think are in your way. Um, and th- like the key to the temple is like the temple itself. Like we, our bodies really are temples and we need to look after them with such care and love. Mm. Um, and maybe a word to, to stick with you is healthy. Mm. You know, stick to things that are healthy
1: both physically and mentally and and people, people, physical, mental,
0: food, environment, healthy is a good word. Yeah, it's my favorite word now.
1: Beautiful. Jess, (laughs) thank you so much. It's a privilege to have you on. And it's been such a lovely time.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) You've been listening to the James Zander trip with Jess Woodley. A big thank you to Jess for joining me in this delightful conversation. It was so fun to spend time in your presence and learn from your life, your experience, and your wisdom. If you enjoyed this conversation, do me a favor and share it with one friend who you think might enjoy this podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast on Apple and Spotify. And to stay in touch with me, join the newsletter at jamesander.com. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful day. Hey, so if you're still listening and you've made it this far, I wanna thank you personally you are one of the OGs, the true fans of the podcast. Not many people listen to the end, so if you've actually made it this far, I don't take that for granted. I appreciate you so much, and I invite you to reach out to me personally. I'd love to hear what episodes you most enjoyed, what type of topics, and what type of guests you'd love to see in the future. Feel free to message me on Instagram, or you can email me if you sign up to my newsletter, and just hit reply to the welcome email. I'll be sure to read it. Now, if you have a moment to rate the podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would help me out so much. I super appreciate that. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast on YouTube, please do me a favor and go to youtube.com slash at James Zander Tripp. I'm trying to get to 1000 subscribers, so every subscriber counts. One last thing. I have another podcast where I do solo episodes mostly about psychedelics, but I also share life lessons and all sorts of insights. So if you search for The Microdose, you can find my second podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, I just launched a mindset course called Unlock God Mode, So in the next audio, you'll hear more details about my course. If you're not interested, feel free to skip to the next episode. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means the world to me. Feel free to share this episode with a friend that you think might enjoy it. And I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy my brand new audio course, Unlock God Mode. Unlock God Mode is a four-week experience where every day you'll get a 15-minute audio lesson that gives you frameworks, tools, and perspectives to upgrade your relationship with life. In the same way that mushrooms give you insights that help you up-level in the video game of life, I designed this course to do the same thing for you. I've compiled every lesson that I learned through psychedelics, through meditation, through my spiritual work, through life. I've put my best tools in this course, so that no matter who you are, if you choose to go on this adventure with me, you're going to learn some amazing frameworks, you're going to learn to see life with new eyes, you will improve your relationship with life, and by extension, your life will improve. If you're interested in more details, go to jameszander.com slash godmode, or use the link in the show notes. Use the promo code shrooms for a special discount. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I deeply appreciate you feel free to reach out to me through my newsletter. Go to jameszander.com to sign up. I'd love to connect. This episode is sponsored by magicmush.ca. If you're looking for an online dispensary for magic mushrooms, mushroom chocolate, and other high-quality psychedelic products, head over to magicmush.ca and use the promo code JAMES to get 25% off. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful trip.